It's episode three of the TLC show from Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Norfolk, Virginia. You can find us at trinitylutheranorfolk.org and at 6001 Granby Street. And this particular episode, Pastor Jonathan Mraz and I discuss elections. What do these elections mean? How are we as Christians supposed to behave during an election cycle and interpret the results of these elections? Beyond elections, though, we also have a lot to be grateful for. And so in this podcast, it's all about what happens in November, elections and gratitude. So, Pastor Mraz, we are here, episode number three. So far, so good. So far, so good. Doing well. Uh, This is going to be our mid-November episode. And so there are two really interesting topics that happen in November. It is Election Day. Um, We are in the aftermath of what happened here in the United States uh, and obviously locally here in in Virginia. and then uh, we also have Thanksgiving Day, yes. um, something to be grateful for. And both have, you know, connections to God. They do. Yeah, so All things do. Absolutely. Do. Yeah. All things do, but the, these in particular. Um, election Day, you know, we like to think, again, as American secularists, that we have something to do with this. Yeah, yeah, and and we do. I mean, you know, to look at it as uh, the activity that takes place, there are people campaign in an ideal world. They would tell what their particular positions, etc. Of course, we've you know muddied it up quite a bit. There's a lot of uh, derogatory or actually attack things that go on, but uh, all that does is prove that we're sinners. So. Well, and, and I think that's kind of where I wanted to go with this. I think most people who hear that, you know, James Heft is doing a podcast with his pastor, um, they know who J.R. Heft is sure. as well. Uh, so, yes, I am that same person if you happen to be tuning into this. What is the role of a Christian in the public sphere? I mean, how, how okay. should we behave? Yeah, this is, uh, I'd, I'd kind of flip it a little bit with saying what's the role of the government in a Christian's life. Mm. But, uh, you know, how does a Christian act? A Christian acts as a Christian in whatever environment they find themselves. Uh, how does a Christian act? I mean, it, ideally they exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. You know, love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, etc. Um, so, you know, when we go through this uh, election process, uh, a Christian would look and see who they honestly believe could serve the public in the best possible manner. There are no perfect candidates, uh, but they say, who, who, who do I believe? would uh, take the position of authority that's going to be granted to them, which is actually God-given, 
whether they recognize it or not. Uh, yeah, and I, I think that for, for some of us um, who follow this, we do get confused by some of the public statements that are made. Sure. And we, we wonder, how can we support such a person? Yeah, yeah. There's, um, you know, we have a, a teaching, the two kingdoms, kingdom of the right, the kingdom of the left, the kingdom, the kingdom of God, divine, eternal, the kingdom of civil authority. Uh, sometimes we mistakenly believe that God's involved in the kingdom of the right, but he just kind of leaves the kingdom of the left alone. No, God's involved in that also. Uh, in fact, if you allow just a second. Sure, please. Um, you know, some scripture. There's a number of places in scripture we could go to to help support this uh, fact that God is uh, in charge, but that he uses civil authority. But in the book of Romans, in the, in the 13th chapter, it says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So, now of course, this leads us to all kinds of uh, quick questions, like Hitler was in authority, or, right. you know, name your dictator or whoever. The fact is that God's authority on earth is placed there by God for his purposes, but people can, under sinful the influence of their own sin, abuse it or even disregard it. It's kind of, it's a, actually, it's a, a fourth commandment issue. You know, honor your father and mother. In fact, I'm going to uh, talk about what, how does Luther explain that commandment? Because you say, honor your father and your mother, okay, you kind of get that, mom and dad, but... Uh, what does it really mean? You know, we should fear and love God so that we do not spise or anger our parents and other authorities. So that honor your father and mother is actually much more far-reaching than just familial. Uh, but what do we do? We honor them, we serve and obey them, we love and cherish them. So authority is not just that, you know, those people that God has placed in charge over us mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, babysitter, my older brother, whoever it happens to be. But it also uh, also attends to other, other environments, as your school, the principal, the teacher, out in, uh, uh, at the church, pastor has a certain amount of authority, etc. And in the government, you know, we, we have an authority. Mm -hmm. uh, ours is a democratic system. Um, you know, try legislative, judicial, executive at the top in an effort to exhibit and exhort uh, checks and balances. But um, they're doing that literally in God's place. So, so where does Christian accountability come into play? Yeah, this is, I mean, you know, I can probably hear people talking about, ah, church and state and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but the fact is that uh, there is there's just certain rules of order, and this is why we have, you know, uh, 
embraced, for instance, our democratic process, that we put people in charge of us. We vote them in, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they, they, they didn't come take it by force. Uh, we elect them. Uh, you, again, all kinds of discussions about is the process fair, etc. I mean, it's there's always going to be those kind of questions regardless. But One of the things that we see with a lot of the elected folks is that there is a certain amount of... Uh, they're flawed. <clears throat> they're flawed human Absolutely. beings. They're sinners. They are yep. representative of us um, yes. in that sense. So we as the Christian, again, we pray for them. We you know, want them to do well. But back to that accountability question, what do we as constituents, how do we behave towards them? And how yes. should we try to ensure that our community is stronger through them. You know, Going towards because God. We, because yeah. we have an established democratic process, uh, we elect people into certain offices. The offices hold certain authorities. And we, sh- as Christians, we should always honor and support the office, regardless of who's in it. Um, I voted, and not every candidate that I voted for is in the office I voted for them to be in, Uh, but those that have been placed in office, I will, to the best of my ability, support them. Now, some of the candidates, for instance, that were placed into office um, have stances that I don't agree with. Mm -hmm. And, for instance... um, there's a bunch of hot topics, but I notice in a, a couple of states on election day, they uh, voted in some laws that put quite a bit of constraint on abortion. Um, I understand we have a national position and law with regard to that, but if that should disappear, these states have now enacted things that would... Uh, I'm not going to say make it more difficult, but but help to uh, control this uh, because as Christians, we believe in life from conception. Mm-hmm. So if I have two candidates that I believe are equally able to fulfill the office that I'm trying to fill through my vote, and, uh, you know, this one has A, B, and C. This one has D, E, and F. You know, neither candidate's perfect, uh, but one candidate uh, holds on to some um, values that contradict God's word, then I am going to vote for the one that is on God's, following God's will. I, I kind of think that we sort of need to be clear regarding where we stand on abortion. Um, sure. And, and I think that as far as the Lutheran Church goes, and we'll share links uh, to this as well, 
Well, we clearly stand on the side of life. Correct. Um, and life begins at conception, and there is no way that you can change life uh, right. unless you do something artificial between conception and ultimately death. Correct. Um, and and so uh, I I think. Uh, uh, that that becomes very clear. So when you have someone who is elected, who has a position where they feel that that position is permissible, a supportive of a pro-choice position, of, or exactly. How? Again, I mean, I I don't want to be a negative person. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. and, and I don't want to be antagonistic. But I really feel that on that particular issue, we have a few people that are elected that deserve regularly being called out. For yeah, exactly. I've, I've had friends in my life. The fact is, I've had a couple of very close friends, um, one in Phoenix who was gay. And uh, we were good friends. Did stuff together, ate lunch together, went over to his house, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I loved him enough to tell him up front that what he was doing was against God's design. Mm. And not obviously not an attack because we remained friends. Um, and, and I think probably in a certain way he respected, because he knew who I was, he respected and, and expected me to say that. Right. Um, but... Here's the thing. If if I decided to eliminate from my life anyone who sins, I'm going to be a hermit. <laughs> I'm going to be a sinful hermit. <laughs> Just sinning on my own. So, you know, what do we do? First of all, we must obey God rather than men. God makes it pretty clear that, uh, you know, life is his to give and... Uh, appropriately to end. To call. To call. And and we, and that's life on this earth. Because for a believer, it doesn't end. Right. Right? I mean, uh, all who believe in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And he who believes in me shall never die. So here's the deal. that um, You know, when somebody's in in an office, position of authority, and they have some things that are contradictory to God. Um, I would, I will make that known to them. Uh, but it, you know, it's not. It, you don't do that by uh, bombing the office, or uh, I mean, I know when we were back in the Midwest, there was a, an abortion clinic and a fairly well-known doctor who was an abortionist who was for lack of a better term, assassinated by someone who was working for God, that's not how it works. So, you know, what it, it, it's... it's uh, right. Two wrongs do not make a two right. Two wrongs do not make a right. right. It, it's, we do things in love. Uh, it's because I love you, whoever, I'm going to tell you, I don't think this is right. Yeah. So let's take uh, a, a quick pivot yeah. um, to being grateful. You know, again, sure. we should be grateful that we are in a democratic republic where we can elect our leaders and choose to revolt without bloodshed. I mean, that's, exactly. that's, that's a good thing. Um, talk about 
uh, just the history of America in the sense that we are a nation that gives thanks to God. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, the, and you can talk to your historian about this. I mean, uh, I'll just say the sometimes apocryphal stories, but the giving thanks early in the pilgrim days, etc. Um, I mean, giving thanks to God is something that a Christian does. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, but the dedicated National Day of Thanks is just a great opportunity to uh, come forward and just say unabashedly, I mean, if you could be objective at all, sit down and write a list of the things that you have to be thankful for. Um, when my kids were little, this is probably... Probably more torture, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, I wanted them to re, you yeah, know, sure. kind of be aware. Yeah. I said, look, I'd like you to write down everything you're thankful for. And they were old enough to write, and but not much action was going on. And uh, I said, I'll give you 10 cents for everything you write down that you're thankful for. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I'm thankful for mom. I'm thankful <laughs> for dad. I'm thankful for my sister. I'm thankful for my, I'm thankful for my bike. I'm thankful to for that I have a school, I'm thankful that we have a house, I'm thankful sure. that we have my... I mean, you could, your list could be... <laughs> it's longer than you can even remember. Yeah. So, you know, what do we have to be thankful for? All those are things. All those are material. God has given me my eyes and ears, my senses and all my reason, et cetera, et cetera. You know, house, home, wife, children, land, animals, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the epitome... The top is Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his only, only son. son. I mean, that's a gift. Yeah. And whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So, you know, you, you might be having the best life now or whatever that happens. Or you might be really struggling. But if you're a believer in Christ, your faith is in Jesus and his work. I don't care if you're having what you think is the best life now or not. It's nothing compared to what God has in store for you. Absolutely. Well, our prayers are definitely with everybody who could potentially be traveling. Um, And obviously, if they're having family traveling to them, hopefully all these travels go well. I know you're traveling yourself. Yes, yes. You're getting ready to head off. Um, So why don't we... uh, kind of close this uh, in a moment of prayer um, and uh, just you know pastor just lead us where, where we should go <laughs> sure sure let's pray dear heavenly father first of all we thank you for the gift of your son our savior and we we just pray that you would hold us faithful that you would uh, strengthen our faith and keep us strong send your spirit among us to uh, hold tightly onto Jesus and and the promises that he's made us. We also lift up to you all those who are in office, especially those that have been newly placed in office this month, that you would uh, bless them, that you would give them wisdom and discernment, and that you would uh, lead them to act according to your will for our benefit, because that's what you place them there for. We also ask for a blessing on Uh, those people, and I hope there's many, that have opportunity to gather together as family, that you would give them uh, awareness of all the things they have to be thankful for, 
that family get-togethers would be peaceful and encouraging and and that uh, you know we would spend time together uh, just experiencing those family units that you have made us. We ask that you would bless the people that are listening to this podcast, uh, that they would come to know you if they don't, and uh, that their faith would be strengthened if they do. We pray all this in the name of your Son, our Savior Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks again to Pastor Jonathan Moraz. We are here at Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church at 6001 Granby Street in Norfolk, Virginia. You can join us every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for Bible study and 10 a.m. for worship. You can also find us at trinitylutheranorfolk.org. Thanks very much for listening and have a very happy Thanksgiving. <music>